This show was founded on the single principle that the players on the end of rosters matter. Undrafted free agents matter. Day three picks matter. Whether it be Arian Foster, Antonio Brown, Marcus Colston, or Tim Hightower at the end of 2015, there is nothing that feels better in fantasy football than hitting on the dart throw from 100 yards away. And the first full weekend of NFL action underscores this point. Scotty Miller was a recurring theme for this show, and out of the gate, he goes 5 for 73 and is second on the team in targets and yards and out-targets Mike Evans. Don't look now, but Chris Godwin might be out Sunday with a concussion. So now, Miller isn't just a deep stash. He should be rostered in even 12-team leagues, and that's just consensus. But this show took a bunch of deep threes, and I'm not upset that Mike Warren and Ernest Edwards and Jeff Thomas and Jonathan Ward, that they didn't make the active rosters. If anything, the NFL season to this point has taught us to remain vigilant. Remain vigilant because the opportunities will come. Malcolm Brown is the starting running back for the Rams. In fact, one half of the Rams' entire backfield depth chart wasn't even drafted. Brown wasn't drafted. An undrafted free agent, Xavier Jones, who we referenced on the last show, he made the active roster. We have to be vigilant because those opportunities come, like the opportunity that came for Boston Scott, who's working, who worked as the Eagles starting running back in week one after being cut by the Eagles, after being cut by the Saints. He emerged at the end of last season as a potential fantasy starter in all fantasy formats. We need to be vigilant because Benny Snell is the NFL's third leading rusher and averaging six yards a carry as a fourth round draft pick or Benny Snell, as you liked to call him. Yes, we need to be vigilant because the opportunities will come just like the opportunity that is coming for Levante Bellamy with the injury to Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay has turf toe, and I expect the Broncos to sign Levante Bellamy from their practice squad to the active roster if they haven't already done so by the time you listen to this. And no, I don't think that Lindsay's opportunities are going to Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman and Melvin Gordon are redundant. Levante Bellamy, on the other hand, provides the home run complement to the running game that the Broncos are looking for. Why do you think they signed him as an undrafted free agent in the first place. It's because they saw the same things in Bellamy that they saw in Philip Lindsay. Bursty back with explosive short area quickness and acceleration. And if you're a savvy dynasty leaguer, you're picking up Levante Bellamy right now. If you're in an even deeper league, you already have him rostered. Be vigilant. I read a really good article that both described and actually illustrated with plays what Baker Mayfield's issues are. And it was written by Jake Burns with 24-7 Sports. I'm going to post a link to the article either in the show description or when I send the promotional tweets about this show. In sum, Burns uses plays from Sunday's week one game to conclude that Baker Mayfield isn't reading coverage as well especially fire zones when a defense sends pressure with five but is playing a zone behind that pressure. So when there are six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage showing blitz, Baker isn't doing a good job of reacting post-snap to the defenders who don't actually blitz, who don't bring the pressure but drop back to cover. 
And Burns concludes that Baker is just bad when he has to come off of his first read and react to what the defense is giving him. And as I'm recording this, the Bengals and Browns are playing right now. Baker has thrown a touchdown pass, but you can see with rollouts that the Browns are trying to give Baker half field reads. Anyway, I want to read a few excerpts um, from this article. All right, here we go. He looks sharp on these throws, referencing first read throws because he feels his most comfortable. It doesn't challenge his thought process, so he's able to rip those throws effortlessly. The problem is the NFL isn't built on first read throws the way the Big 12 can often be. It requires constant thinking and maneuvering and playmaking. Making something out of nothing is necessarily is necessary occasionally, and right now Baker is unable to do that the way his superiors are in the NFL. There was a, and he goes on. Um, there was a stark difference in Mayfield and Lamar Jackson on Sunday. Much like Josh Allen in B- Buffalo, Jackson is able to use his legs to create throwing lanes and buy time in the pocket. That's not to take away from his ability to decipher coverage. He's able to handle that quite well. But the point here is that even when a play doesn't go quite as planned with the initial read, whether a missed read or the defense covered well, He's able to get through his progressions and or buy the necessary time to make plays with his legs. He goes on. Mayfield simply can't do that. He's a limited athlete who is a step behind in the cerebral phase of the game and feels like he isn't trusting what he is seeing. As some quarterbacks talk about seeing ghosts, Mayfield is in that mix right now and the game is moving too fast for him and he's a beat behind in decision making and it's impacting his timing and very clearly impacting his accuracy. That's a damning indictment for a quarterback who has taken number one overall. Burns is essentially questioning Mayfield's football IQ and intellectual capacity to play the game. I mean, Not essentially, he's doing just that. He's doing exactly that. And quite frankly, you don't hear people talk about white quarterbacks that way. You don't hear people say that this player isn't smart enough to play the position. This player doesn't have the requisite football IQ to play quarterback in the NFL. You never hear analysts talk about a a white quarterback that way. When Mayfield was coming out of Oklahoma, lots of people, including myself, thought that he should be the first overall pick on account of his accuracy and arm talent. I think I think one of the most I think he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in college football history. The question about Mayfield when he was coming out was never whether he was smart enough to play the position, it was whether he was tall enough to play the position. And no one ever questioned whether he had the requisite football IQ. And so the question really remains is Mayfield the guy? Now, this is primarily a primarily a fantasy show. So what are we doing with the Browns players we have rostered? Well, last season, I traded Odell Beckham for Deontay Johnson in a 2021 first, and I felt sick about that immediately afterward. But looking back, I mean, I feel fine about it, especially considering what the 2021 class is, is going to be for wide, refi- wide receivers. At this point, we have to hope that Odell's years in Cleveland will not sap his energy and love for the game. Hopefully these years in Cleveland are just like Randy Moss's years in Oakland, because Odell still has a lot to offer the game, but it doesn't look like right now, no matter what's happening on Thursday night, that it's going to happen in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry, you still have to feel good about him. Nick Chubb, you feel okay about him. Wish he wasn't splitting carries, but he's a low-end RB1. But at this point, you have to wonder whether the player that will unlock Cleveland's offense is playing in college right now. 
You have to be loving how weekends are going right now if you're the NFL. And I'm not just talking about Sundays. I'm talking about Saturdays because we are currently in the midst of one of those important periods where one generation of NFL superstars is handing the baton to the next generation. It is a monumentally critical period for any of the major sports businesses. We've seen it in the NBA where Julius Irvin and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar handed the baton to Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Johnson and Bird to Michael Jordan and Jordan to... No one originally, because when Michael Jordan retired at the beginning of the 1998-1999 season, the NBA wasn't ready. The finals that year was the Knicks and Spurs, and Latrell Sprewell and Tim Duncan didn't actually inspire confidence in the NBA's lockout year. Dick Ebersol, the chairman of NBC Sports, even commented saying, quote, It's unique to have been in a partnership with the NBA for the last eight years, and to have had this fairy dust sprinkled on us. And he was referencing the profit rocket ship that was Michael Jordan. Ebersol went on to comment about the difficulty that NBC would have in introducing the next generation of NBA stars. But then Jordan came back, and by that time, and by the time he retired for the third and final time, the NBA had a more established foundation with Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Kidd. They were all stars in their own right. And so it was Iverson and Kobe to LeBron, and while LeBron is still around, the NBA is well-situated with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Zion Williamson waiting in the wings. Now, contrast this with Major League Baseball. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, they handed the baton to Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez and Albert Pujols. Then, I don't know what happened after that. I don't know that anyone picked up where they left off as far as marketing the league. I could be working out next to Mike Trout in a gym, and I wouldn't even know it. Now, I know who Max Scherzer is, one of the best pitchers in the Major League Baseball, because I'm a Tigers fan and because he has two different color eyes and because I lamented how the Tigers should have kept Scherzer over Verlander and Scherzer never got the respect he deserved by starting on an opening day. It's an honor that he deserved in 2014 after the 2013 season where he went 21-3 and with a 2.9 ERA and won the American League Cy Young. But did he get to start that next opening day in 2014? No. So how Max Scherzer never started an opening day in his five-year career in Detroit is a crime. But, but no, I don't know that most casual sports fans could name who won the last three World Series and who the five best players on those teams are. And that's a problem for Major League Baseball. But there's no such problem in the NFL. The Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers era has successfully transitioned to the Patrick Mahomes era, with Mahomes being every bit the commercial rock star that Jordan was and that LeBron James is. But Mahomes doesn't have to carry the NFL crown alone, with Lamar Jackson being every bit the draw that Mahomes is. And you have Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray and Tua Tagovailoa and, yes, even Gardner Minshew. NFL quarterbacking has come a long way since teams were building franchises around the likes of Brody Croyle and Christian Ponder and Jake Locker and Kyle Bowler. But the NFL should be encouraged by what it is seeing on Saturdays right now because the future is bright with a capital B. Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be playing right now, but he is and he looks primed to join the NFL's elite tier immediately. The Bengals messed up. I don't know how Joe Burrow is going to turn out, but I would bet the farm on Trevor Lawrence. And the pipeline of quarterbacks that are going to join the NFL ranks in the next three years is absolutely ridiculous. In 2021, we'll also see Justin Fields and Trey Lance. As a matter of fact, at this point, I would put money on Lawrence, Fields, and Lance being the first three picks in the NFL draft next year. In 2022, you've got Sam Howell and Keaton Slovis and Spencer Rattler who will be eligible. In 2023, you've got 
probably DJ Uyagalele and Bryce Young. And if you have not heard those names before, Bryce Young is a faster Russell Wilson and DJ Uyagalele is Ben Roethlisberger. I, I mean, I don't mean he's Ben Roethlisberger. I would never say that about someone. I mean, his player comparison is Ben Roethlisberger. And hey, Jeff Sims might even be a part of that 2023 class after showing poison moxie in that away start at Florida State. Anyway, that's that's eight potentially elite starting quarterbacks entering the league in the next three years. We are going to see some of the best quarterbacking across the league that we've seen maybe ever. And so that NFL quarterback middle class should be on notice. Sam Darnold, you're on notice. Baker Mayfield, you're on notice. Dwayne Haskins, you're on notice. Josh Allen, you're on notice. Teddy Bridgewater, love you, but you're on notice. There's a lot of goodwill surrounding Cam Newton right now. People are loving him, arguably more so than his MVP season in 2015. People love the hype videos. The Patriots are talking about extension. WEEI loves him. Bill Belichick is praising him, and Bill Belichick doesn't praise anyone. It's all Cam, 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 but are we forgetting something here? Aren't we? I mean, Cam played last year in 2019, remember? He completed 56% of his passes with a supporting cast of Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And I know people will say, well, he was hurt, but he's healthy now. Okay, Cam Newton was the most physical quarterback the NFL has ever seen ever with Dante Culpepper a very distant second and Josh Allen an even further distant third. Cam Newton is only 31 years old in a league where Tom Brady and Drew Brees are playing well into their 40s, but Cam Newton's years aren't quarterback years. His years in the NFL can't be counted as just quarterback years. Those are running back years. Those are quarterback dive at the goal line years. That's almost a thousand carries on those legs. Cam would have reached that mark last year had he not been injured. And have we ever seen a quarterback get to a thousand carries? Michael Vick didn't. He didn't get to 900. So there's a lot of goodwill surrounding Cam right now. Bill Belichick is still at the top of the AFC East food train. But, but, New England's offense was bad last year, and the only piece that has changed is Cam Newton. And again, he completed 56% of his passes in 2019 with a better supporting cast. His supporting cast didn't improve in New England with Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman and Jacoby Myers and Rex Burkhead and Sony Michelle. No, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. In a week one win over Ryan's Fitzpatrick, where the Dolphins turned the ball over three times and you still only won by 10 points, that's not me seeing it. And I can see what the Patriots are trying to do here. Bill Belichick is looking to replicate what the Ravens did last year, but the Ravens had the number one offense in the league. Lamar Jackson is a much more dynamic player at this point, and he's younger. He doesn't have nine years of wear and tear and 900-plus NFL carries on his body. That slow ground-and-pound offense might work against the Dolphins, but let's see what it looks like when the Patriots face an offense that can apply pressure. Oh, and here come Russell Wilson and the Seahawks for Sunday night football. And in our final segment tonight, we need to talk about Desmond Howard. This past weekend on College Game Day, Desmond made some comments about whether it would become a trend for college players who have already established their NFL draft capital, whether it will become a trend for those types of players to skip their third and final season of college eligibility before entering the NFL draft. Let's listen. I hope not. 
I really I do. I think this is just something because of the pandemic that we're going to experience during 2020. It's such a bad look. If you start yeah. to do this under normal circumstances, ask Ty. If you're, if you're like a GM or a president of, of a team, you're talking about this guy just quit on his team? That's the, that's the absolute worst look you can give any NFL GM or president because you didn't want to play. You want to go to the NFL draft. This year they do have an excuse. I get that. This cannot be the norm moving forward. Oh, bless his heart. Bless his heart. Truly bless his heart because if Desmond Howard is prepared to have takes like that, then I'm sure he's prepared to help compensate college prospects with high NFL draft pedigree who suffer these catastrophic injuries before they're able to reach the NFL draft and capitalize on their talent. So thank you, Desmond. Thank you. Thank you on behalf of Marcus Lattimore. Thank you on behalf of Jake Butt. Desmond, thank you. On behalf of Jalen Smith, Desmond, thank you. If you don't think this is going to become a trend, then you're mistaken. That's fine. I've been wrong at least twice today. College players who have established draft capital should absolutely sit out their third year. Players like Jadavian Clowney and Trevor Lawrence and Rondell Moore, especially someone as small as Rondell Moore. Nick Bosa was smart. He left after just three games into his junior season at Ohio State when he suffered a core injury and said he was gone, preparing for the NFL draft. His only mistake was not making that decision three games earlier. Christian McCaffrey was smart. He said, no, I'm not playing in the Sun Bowl in 2016. Jake Butt, a projected first-round tight end, went down with an ACL injury on December 30th, 2016 and crushed his draft stock. Christian McCaffrey skipped the Sun Bowl earlier that same day as fate would have it, preserved his draft stock. For some reason, the football and sports community feels that these college students are obligated to abide by a rule negotiated by the NFL and the NFLPA alone. That three years removed from high school rule, that rule is actually collectively bargained by the NFL and NFLPA, meaning if it wanted to, the NFLPA could push to abolish the rule. The rule comes from Article 6, Subsection 2B of the NFL CBA, and I'll read it. No player shall be permitted to apply for special eligibility for selection in the draft or otherwise be eligible for the draft until three NFL regular seasons have begun and ended following either his graduation from high school or graduation of the class with which he entered high school, whichever is earlier. For example, if a player graduated from high school in December 2020, he would not be permitted to apply for special eligibility and would not otherwise be eligible for selection until the 2024 draft. Yes, this rule could be abolished, but when the NFL and NFLPA sit down at the negotiating table, there's no one present representing the interests of the players who are being excluded from the NFLPA's membership. Simply put, college football stars like Trevor Lawrence, Jadavian Clowney, Jake Butt, Marcus Lattimore, they shouldn't abide by this cartel's arbitrary three-season rule when absolutely no one asked them about it. The current NFL system with college football serving as the free developmental system is like giving someone a lottery ticket, then asking them to walk carefully through fire for three years without burning the ticket. But I know someone who will back me up. I know a college football legend who will back me up, who supports the interests of these players, who agrees that college football players need to be looking out for their own best interests because everyone, absolutely everyone, every other party associated with college football is doing just that. In fact, I know a Heisman Trophy winner, a Michigan man, in fact, who supports this position. Ladies and gentlemen, Desmond Howard. My circumstances with my dad, it was just me and my dad after my parents' divorce. It was just the two of us. And I had to work with him one summer. He worked really, really tough job. It was tool and die in the factory. And I did that that summer. I realized that how much my dad 
put into work and just provide for me. And I wanted to remove him from those circumstances. So I would have not played in the bowl game. If I've gone this far, and I know I'm projected to be a top 10 pick, I'm not going to take that risk at this point because now the books have been open. I know how much everyone's making off of our labor. We're the workhorses. And now I have an opportunity to take my father out of that situation and set us up financially for some sort of security for the rest of our lives. I would not have taken that risk because of my situation. Now, if you didn't get that, Desmond was saying it's okay to, to skip a bowl game. Wait, wait, wait. Desmond, it's okay for you to skip a bowl game to preserve your NFL draft status, but it isn't right if a player skipped an entire season to preserve theirs? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense any way you look at it because Desmond Howard did quit on his team. Desmond Howard left for the NFL with another season of college eligibility remaining. He made a business decision in 1992, skipping his senior season for the NFL. So Desmond, don't criticize these college players who in future seasons will decide to make a business decision of their own. If there was any college prospect within the sound of my voice, I would encourage him to take the advice of Chris Rock. It don't look right, man. Some people are like, oh, you can't hire Johnny Cochran. Because if you hire Johnny Cochran, then you look guilty. Yeah, but you go home. <laughs> what, you want to look innocent in jail? I'd rather look guilty at the mall. And the same principles of logic apply to you. You can look selfish in the NFL with a bag, or you can look like a team player with a torn ACL at home. I need to know everything, who in the what and the where I need everything. And that is the sharp review for this, the 10,484th day since the Detroit Lions last celebrated a playoff victory in Los Angeles. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night. And good luck. I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk so I'm Hey, do you like this show? Let me know. You can let me know by tweeting at Desmond Howard and copy me at Sharp Review. Tweet, stay woke, stay woke. Or do me a favor and rate the show on iTunes. Give it five stars and tell me what you like. I've gotten some really gracious reviews over the past couple of weeks, and I'm going to read some for the next show. When the blows, my enemies cutting it close. I let them think that they got me, but what do you know? I had them beat before we ever spoke. I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything. Who in- Jake Locker went number eight overall with a 54% completion percentage, career completion percentage at Washington. That's, that's it. I mean, that's the, that's the tweet. Now they ain't go harder than me. They need a blade and a sheath, a shank and a piece, a crate full of heat, an army of fleet, a tank and a jeep, a navy at sea, where they a marine, an ace up their sleeve, a team of marines, a freak. The Patriots are the Floyd Mayweather team of the NFL. Floyd was dominant in an era of boxing where there simply weren't enough competitors in the same class. And the Patriots have been the exact same thing. Every year they get the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills twice. I mean, look, if you put the Chargers in the AFC East and the Patriots in the AFC West, then we might be talking about a Chargers dynasty and not a Patriots dynasty. Yeah, give Phillip Rivers six games of Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Mark Sanchez, and give Bill Belichick six games of Andy Reid, Peyton Manning, and the Broncos defense. We could be talking about a Chargers dynasty. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious. Could you imagine if Baker's mom got a hold of that article? I mean, in so many words, it's calling her baby dumb. Can you, can you just imagine an article saying, you got a dumb baby? Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I happen to 
Porsche, five and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for- Speaking of the Patriots, I think the television executives are making a mistake going after Greg Olson and Drew Brees for these broadcasting jobs. If I'm a television executive, Cam Newton is the first person I'm trying to pull from the game to my broadcast booth, and I'm going to pay him whatever he wants. There's no other player in the NFL who combines knowledge of the game with the charisma to connect with a diverse audience. Monday Night Football, if you want to make a splash and sign someone who can move the needle, go get Cam Newton out of the NFL and put him in your booth. Before we ever spoke, I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I, I like Desmond Howard. He was acquired by the Lions in the middle of the 1999 NFL season when the Lions were making a playoff run. And I remember because I was at his first game and he returned a punt for a touchdown in his first game with the Lions. Former Wolverine coming back home and making a huge place. The Silver Dome was jumping. Except they sleeve a team of Marines, a freak on a leash, a beast with an appetite, razor for teeth, and still they would lay at my feet. Boy, you got the wrong one. I got to look over all of my publishing statements for Q1 and soon. Apologies to Matt Kelly. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. You got a dumb baby.